0: Welcome to Growing E-Commerce. I'm your host, Mike Ryan of Smarter E-Commerce, also known as SMEC. Today, I've got Philip Avelio-Villin making his second appearance on the show. There is a lot of noise this year about cookies, consent, and conversion modeling, especially here in Europe. So Philip and I discuss how to keep your e-commerce remarketing alive in this environment. I ask Philip what Google Consent Mode is. What happens if you don't implement by March here in Europe? And we talked about some very interesting information along the way about modeled conversions, about third-party cookies, and about a new thing coming up, which is the ability for users to unlink their Google services. For example, disconnecting Google ad services from YouTube or Google search. It's a packed episode, so let's get into it. So, Philip, thanks for joining us on the show once again. We're really glad to have you back. And for, for guests who who missed your last episode or, you know, it's just been a while, why don't you reintroduce yourself to us? What, what are your core interests and skills? What themes
1: interest you, too? Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I'm here at SMAC working on everything that touches tracking and analytics. And those, I guess, are the two main focuses of my professional being absolutely and that's a pretty boring area right now right <laughs> yeah it, it, it used to be it used to be i guess until until the sunset of universal analytics <laughs> then then google analytics 4 came huge chaos you know and and now there is constant mode and let's see what, what what will come in the future
0: yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe we'll be talking about privacy sandbox one time too with this whole cookie deprecation thing, but let's keep it for today. Let's keep it focused on what you just mentioned on consent mode. Just to set the stage for that a little bit. I just want to quickly discuss like consent mode's been around for a while, but it's becoming a little more urgent now. And that's due to this thing happening here in the European Economic Area called the DMA or the Digital Markets Act. And basically, this is a way that Uh, regulators are trying to target some of these really large platforms and hold them to a high standard. They won't hold all all businesses to the same standard, but they they describe what they call gatekeepers. And so when you think of like big tech, Google is a gatekeeper, Apple is a gatekeeper. And a few of the, the don'ts that they're trying to regulate here, like, or the kind of behavior that they want to regulate, they want to make sure that these gatekeepers are treating services and um, products from others equally as they treat themselves so that they're not kind of self-dealing or self-favoring And an example of this in the Google space and in e-commerce is that, you know, a few years back, there was a CSS remedy or comparison shopping remedy here in Europe related to Google, because it was determined that they were really favoring their own comparison shopping option, the shopping tab and Google shopping above other comparison sites. And so they took a remedy, but now they're going to take additional measures to make sure that they're not self-savoring themselves. And, you know, another example that's more related to, let's say, like Apple is pre- preventing consumers from linking to businesses outside of platform. Or that could, you know, you have to be able to make sure that if you're on a social media platform that it's possible that you're not kind of locked in, that it's possible to transfer out. Or if you're looking at the app ecosystem, there's this theme about sideloading. So you need to, like Apple has right now really a monopoly with their app store and they are going to need to allow people to buy apps in other ways. So those are a couple of examples, but the one that were that really affects us today according to these new standards these gatekeepers are not allowed to track end users outside of the outside of the core platform for the purpose of targeted advertising without effective consent having been granted. So that's kind of one of these key themes and having said that, I think that transitions us into into Google's consent mode.
1: What is consent mode? Yes, I mean, in, in my opinion, it, it it does make sense that Google also kind of has to know whether the end user has given consent or not. What's What's always hard if you if you collect this kind of information from so many end users and advertisers and websites, as you know, as you browse through the internet, not every single website has the same consent banner. And if you opt-in or opt-out, then you opt-in or opt-out to totally different categories. Once it's called marketing, maybe analytics, maybe personalized advertising, and so on. And through Google Content Mode, Google gets the information which content was given when or before loading Google tags in a standardized way. So there are certain categories like Add user data, this this one is new. Add personalization, analytic storage, or add storage. And this is standardized. And this information is sent via Google Tags to Google and via those content information, they know whether a user has given content or not. Absolutely. So that kind of like basically in
0: September six, there was uh, sort of a six of 2023, there was sort of like a six month um, grace period, more or less announced. And this doesn't just affect then the gatekeepers like Google, it affects the, the advertisers within that platform. So fast forward six months from September 6th, and you land on March six, two 2024. And that presents then kind of a deadline to opt into this consent mode, correct?
1: Yes, yes. There's, I mean, it's a hard deadline. So a real deadline when you're using remarketing. So if if your if your advertising is based heavily on remarketing, then ideally you should have implemented Google Consent Mode by March the sixth, because if you don't, then your remarketing audiences won't be populated anymore, neither in Google Ads nor via Google Analytics. For what is also important is that you implement Content Mode version two. With content mode version two, there were two new content categories introduced, which are add personalization and add user data. So if you've already implemented Google content mode, like let's say a year ago, then you would have to update your content mode settings and integrate the two new content categories which are ad user data and head source centralization.
0: Like maybe you can talk us through a bit. What would be the implications of that? Like I'm wondering, it doesn't necessarily mean that a remarketing would just turn off right away. I mean, you'd have, if you've pre-existing lists that were like previously opted in or before this occurred, would those, would those lists keep working? And then you'd kind of, kind of, gradually see the life drain out of your remarketing over time
1: yeah that that's that's what i would expect based on 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 google's communication but it could also happen that you know they they within after let's say three months or so that they shut down those audiences too and up to my knowledge you are not able to create new audiences if you haven't implemented Google Content Mode by March the 6th. And what also was has been a, a topic within the last, I don't know, like six weeks was the impact of Google Content Mode to conversion tracking. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, in a lot of communication there was said, if you don't implement Content Mode by March the 6th, your conversion tracking is not going to work anymore. Apparently, that is not the case. So even though... You will not, even though you haven't implemented constant mode by March six, your conversion tracking will still work. But in the end, you can only postpone the implementation of constant mode, in my opinion, because towards the end of 2024, it will also affect conversion tracking. So I would say don't wait too long to implement conversion mode. Sorry, okay. consent mode, of course. <laughs> conversion mode would be fine too. But because you know, in the end, you, you're going to need it. I mean, there there are certain workarounds, but I, I would not go that way because at least the, the, the basic content mode, which I guess brings us to to the mm. differentiation of different ways of implementing content mode. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. So because
0: there's what we're calling basic consent mode, there's also something called advanced consent mode. Could you maybe tell us the difference there?
1: Yes. So If you implement basic consent mode, then your Google tags won't load without consent. So in the end, Google just gets the information that there was consent given. So as Google tags don't load without consent, they won't get any information about users who haven't given consent, not even whether they gave consent or not, because nothing is sent. With advanced consent mode, Google tags load before before the user is given consent. So also for users that haven't given consent, data is sent to Google. For example, in the case of Google Analytics 4, the browser requests that go to Google they look the same as normal Google requests, but there are no cookies set and also no cookies read.
0: And I mean, I think there's been some controversy over whether that is really sort of following the the intent <laughs> and the and the requirements of like. Not everyone agrees if advanced consent mode is actually legal
1: or not. Is that correct? Yes, that's totally correct. And especially we're working a lot with clients from Germany, Austria, mm-hmm. and especially there, I often hear from our clients and also legal advisors of our clients that it's you know not just about setting cookies, but it's about sending information. And then the next question is, what information are you allowed to send without, even without cookies, and what what information is not allowed to be sent? And I think there is a lot of insecurity, and therefore it's hard for us to really say yes. We would say go and go and implement a vast concept mode. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think it's something that comes down basically to the the exposure and the risk tolerance of each company, and uh, ultimately what their What their legal advisor says about that, I mean, what just to think about the implications here, like, okay, so there's some data that is that is sent even before consent is given. Why does that matter? like what are what are the benefits of that 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 Google's telling us or what does that enable? Why should we care whether or not advanced mode is activated?
1: The data is used for modeling for modeling that data, which would otherwise be lost if you wouldn't have sent the data and yes i mean the thing is if if you don't set cookies and don't read cookies then it's going to be very hard to know whether it's the same user who sent one event and then the next event and then the conversion on different pages because this kind of tracking is at the moment mostly done by cookies so this data which is sent without consent, is used by google for modeling but even if you implement the basic consent mode version even if you if you only send data when consent was given in google ads you will see a conversion uplift so even then you get some kind of conversion modeling because in the end at least at least google knows how many clicks there were mm-hmm. and how many feedback they got with consent so it's possible for them even with just the basic consent mode to model but advanced consent mode will get we will deliver more and and better data than just the basic content model.
0: So that's kind of that. And when we talk about each company or each business, they they'll need to do kind of their own cost benefit analysis or risk kind of benefit analysis. Like, okay, there's the risk that there is debate in in the community whether or not this is legal or not, and then there's the upside of having these modeled conversions of having more data that's getting captured and not lost. And so it's definitely something that people just need to look at and think about. So tell us more like if you have them, let's just say that you've implemented basic consent mode, what are the implications of that? Is there anything else that we need to know? Like we talked about what happens if you don't opt in by March six. over time, or perhaps more suddenly your remarketing could stop working. And then even on a longer horizon, we can expect that conversion tracking won't work either, but... Let's say you adhere to that deadline and you implement consent mode or you've already got them implemented. What what are the implications of that?
1: Yeah, as I said, the good part is that you will keep having remarketing or Mm -hmm. proper remarketing as you have now. And the other good thing is the modeling, the conversion modeling within Google Ads so that you get a clearer picture of how your ads performed because you get more data to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, more data for the algorithms to work with but there is not only implications for google ads because it's you, you implement Consent mode for basically all all google tools that advertisers use so Consent mode also works with floodlight tracking for the gmp so it's the same situation there if you haven't implemented Consent mode by march the 6th then your remarketing audiences won't be populated anymore and it's also the same in Google Analytics 4. If you use your Google Analytics 4 audiences in Google Ads, then Analytics 4 won't update those audiences anymore within Google Ads. And there's also ma- modeling implications within Google Analytics 4. So with basic content model, there's actually nothing really happening in Google Analytics 4. So you will still have the same data. But when using the advanced content mode, then you have, the first thing is you will have better conversion modeling. And in the end, I mean, Google Analytics 4 and, you know, Google Ads has been modeling conversions for years now. But it's not up until the content mode, it was not about unconsented data, but more about browser restrictions and so on. And yeah, in in Google Analytics 4, if you implement advanced content mode, you will have a better conversion modeling and will have behavioral modeling where you get additional data in Google Analytics 4 about the behavior of your website users and also the conversion export to Google Ads. If you're using Google Google Analytics 4 conversion tracking within your Google Ads account will also be better.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a a great point that you mentioned as well that this is this has been happening for years. You know Apple has made uh, privacy changes to Safari, for example, and you see other smaller market share browsers like Firefox or it's really kind of just Chrome at this point
1: that's using these third party cookies anymore, right? Yeah, but it's not about not only about third party cookies, it's also about first party cookies and mm-hmm. which which uh, conversion tracking is primarily based on at the current point in time because you mentioned safari and you mentioned firefox there we're talking about itp and etp tracking protection mechanisms and there your your tracking cookies will only have a lifespan of like one to seven days and therefore it's very hard for marketers and and you know the whole online marketing world to know which which uh, channel led to a conversion was it google ads was it maybe something different so that's the technical part of what has already been modeled to a certain extent. Yeah. So that's like, I think, I don't know, I've just noticed
0: a huge uptick in the conversations about these topics, like this kind of cluster of topics around cookie deprecation, around consent mode. You know, it's because of there's things like Google Chrome started, at I think, 1% of users mm-hmm. or something like that started yeah, one percent. Yeah. De- yeah, started the cookie deprecation, and then this this consent mode deadline comes up. So on the one hand, it's perfectly understandable that it's on people's radars now, and people are getting worried about it. But I think what should be calming to to, to people to learn is that this is none of this is quite new. This has been going on bit by bit for quite some time now, and that you might not be aware of it, but this has already been affecting your your business and your traffic and your measurements one extent or another for a while now and so i think that's a that's a positive here like the the world is is not ending we're just you know we're just kind of really going to be making a switch over to new ways of measuring
1: yeah exactly and most clients i work with they are totally aware that the data they are gathering and the data they're seeing is not a hundred percent the data they have collected but it's the data they have collected it's just the foundation of what they're they're actually seeing of how their attribution work, of how their different channels work. But I, I totally get why it's concerning to a lot of people. Also, when talking about the deprecation of third-party cookies within Chrome, although it there, there must have been enough time to get some solutions, some workarounds, because it was postponed. I think for I, I don't know, help me out two years. Yeah,
0: years I think ago. I I think it was postponed. Don't quote me on this, but yeah, I think it was like twice and that summed up to like three years or something. I don't remember for sure. But yeah, it's been postponed.
1: Yeah. So I hope so what they've been building in the background, or I mean, not really the background, but what they've been building is the so-called privacy sandbox, where you get at least a, how do I say, something instead of third-party cookies to work with. And something your remarketing will work with because remarketing is based a lot on third party cookies right now. Yes. As you said, they they haven't been building it like in the
0: background or in secret exactly. It's been public what they're doing. There's some controversy about it too, because I think there are some concerns that I, I think there's always it's funny because the goal of this kind of regulation is to yeah, to prevent unconsented personalized tracking and stuff like that. And they're also trying to prevent some anti-competitive behavior in there too, like we mentioned with self, self-favoring self and so on. But there's to me, there's always a little bit of attention there because it potentially just creates more of these walled gardens. I think that like owned and operated properties, any network that has a, like the larger your owned and operated properties are, is just going to be of a huge advantage in the years ahead. So it's, to to me, there's just some kind of a, a give and take where privacy often fuels and potentially anti-competitive advantages. And yeah, but that's a whole other thing I wanted before I've got you just for a few more minutes, this is speculative. I mean, all this stuff, by the way, can change so fast. The thing it's, everything's changing all the time. And I, I believe I put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode in the introduction about that, but this is rather new. We also saw something just in the last couple of days that there's gonna be an additional consent banner coming where users will have the option of deciding whether or not their Google services are linked. And to give some context about that means that's different. We were just speaking about owned and operated. That's different Google owned and operated properties like Google maps. YouTube Google search of course
1: Google Ad services
0: <laughs> yeah ad, the ad services in there as well and right now that that forms this big kind of pool together these these pools of where you're a logged in user navigating the web switching from your YouTube account, searching on the web, going in your inbox looking at, for stuff on maps etc and this stuff is all allowed to speak to each other. Um, and all of it connects back to ad services. And we don't know how this consent banner will be shaped, but it will seem like users are gonna have the option to unlink uh, those services or or they have to give consent that the services are linked. What, what do you think about that, Philip? Uh, if, I mean, we were talking about it a bit before <laughs> we started recording, but share some thoughts with us and I'll share some thoughts too.
1: Yeah so the the thing what what I would what I would go for is I w- I want to try to entes- understand what data exactly is currently shared and also what data will not be shared anymore if you unlink those those services because all in the information glue road on the I think it was a support page or a blog was that there's still some data shared for yeah for security reasons But still, it will be interesting what is the data that has been shared and what data will still be shared Mm -hmm. and what data was necessary or used for advertising. And also, where's the line between ad services and search and shopping? Mm -hmm. To me, it's very unclear what the implication will be concerning, especially those three services.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, right now, if you If you search something in Google, if you you search, you know, make a a query that has a commercial intent or is related to a product or whatever, they're going to match that to some ads. And I don't think that they're going to stop doing that if you unlink, but it's unclear. Or maybe it means that that stuff won't, like those search terms won't get passed back to Google ads for reporting purposes at all. Or it's it's so unclear what it means. Um, I definitely think, hold on, I'll give you one more. Like let's think of performance max, which... At least the way that's kind of described in the marketing, it's like it is this soup of placements and machine learning. It it it's it's the ad campaign type that grew up in this this uh, network of linked services and is designed to maximize that. The, the idea being that you know the AI has this audience graph and a product graph and it and it's you know these user-specific signals and auction time signals and and it's going to find this perfect blend of of touch points and i i think that's a romanticized view of what PMAX actually does i think it's mostly these channels then plus some remarketing there may be a lot of remarketing but it, it calls into question what this means for any of these services or campaign types individually or these kind of these these special campaigns like performance max what will happen there Uh, But I view it as just another hurdle, at least to remarketing, because I I think if someone is not linking these services, it certainly seems punishing to remarketing. So, you know, they've, they've got, there's this consent hurdle, there's this, and that's on the per advertiser kind of basis or per site basis. There's also this broader account level hurdle where they can change how Google is authorized to use their data at all. And it's going to be an interesting
1: time ahead yeah definitely and the example of the search queries that's actually very interesting how you how google will be allowed to to pass those queries i mean actually they write that it's it's only about personal information mm-hmm. and they also link what is considered as personal information but in the end you, you, you i don't know whether whether you you exactly know as an end user what is personal information considered by google and also, I guess that a lot of advertisers don't actually know how much information is passed between those Google services, and as you said, how it impacts ad performance, such as PMAX performance. Mm-hmm. But I totally agree with you; it it will still it, it will definitely have impacts on on remarketing.
0: Yeah, it it's gonna be gonna be one to watch, and also
1: how this consent will be presented, like you know we have to in each service toggle on i want this service linked with all other services or mm-hmm. do i have to you know select for each service with which services it can be linked and mm-hmm. and so on yeah exactly is it
0: is it done at the, the google account level somehow with a single one or yeah is it how how actively is it presented it's going to be really interesting and i'm i'm sure they're going to try to i won't say scare Although let's say motivate users not to do that because, and by the there are some great features that come from having your services linked. I mean, I know my brother loves having all of his Google services linked because, you know, if he's on a business trip, like, you know, just, it's all, it's just kind of all there. Like you've got your, you've got your, you know, your inbox is speaking with your calendar, which is speaking with maps and so on. And he gets alerts and he gets all kinds of stuff and he loves it. And those those kind of things will break if you on like services. So definitely want to watch. but we're just about out of time here, so I want to thank you, Philip, for coming on the show again. Uh, also, I know that you're so busy right now, so I really appreciate it. <laughs> and did any any final words or anything you want to leave us with?
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. And so to sum up the hot topic about Google Consent mode and the deadline in March, in our opinion, it should be totally fine to implement basic content mode, because ideally, if you implement it correctly, as for most clients, it is the setup now. Your Google tags will not share any information with Google, and whether or not you're using advanced content mode, so tags will also load without Google, without the users' consent, and send data to Google. Is yeah, should it, there should be a, a risk assessment? about the benefits and, and the risks that comes with sending data unconsented to Google. Yeah, and if, if you want to make it the easiest way for yourself, then you should use a constant banner or a CMP that's Google certified because they have content mode integrations which make the setup of constant mode a lot easier. But as I said, I wouldn't wait too long with at least basic consent mode because at the end of 2000 or latest in the beginning of 2025, not having Google Consent mode will also affect your uh, conversion tracking.
0: Yeah. What I can also recommend, there's some, some new resources at time of recording. There's some new resources from Google about this. I think we're all hungry and waiting for some resources. But those are available now. And I'll put the links to those in the show notes. Or you can learn more about this. And of course, you can also reach out to us anytime to talk about that. So thanks again, Philip, for coming on the show. We really appreciate
1: it. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening to Growing E-Commerce. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with coworkers, friends, or within your professional network. We really appreciate it. This podcast is produced by Smarter E-Commerce, also known as SMEC. To learn more, visit smarter-e-commerce.com dot com.